Hello and welcome to the Monday, September 19th, 2016 edition of the Sands and the Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Baltimore, Maryland. Let's start today with a security advisory by Cisco. Cisco states in advisory that current versions of its iOS software suffer from a memory leakage vulnerability, reminiscence of Heartbleed, an unauthenticated attacker will be able to read arbitrary memory using Ike version 1 security negotiation requests. The list of vulnerable version is long and you should assume that your Cisco product is vulnerable if it runs iOS and accepts Ike version 1 requests. Cisco PIX firewalls version 6 are vulnerable as well. Version 7 should be okay. An exploit for this vulnerability was released as part of the recent release of the related exploits by the Shadow Broker Group. So Cisco is a bit behind here with this advisory, unlike for the SNMP issues where Cisco came out with advisories pretty much right away. Most operating systems uh, these days uh, do provide a feature that allow users to take advantage of admin privileges after they provide a password. This feature has been important to avoid having to run as an administrator all the time and it has been integrated into various GUIs like for example in OS X. In OS X if you would like to install software you're often asked for your password in order to allow the software to install features that require administrative privileges. Even if you're not an administrator, you can then just provide the administrator's username and password. While the user enters the password, there is a chance that malware that runs with the user's privileges records the password and uses the password later to escalate its own privilege. In OS X, the operating system actually takes care not to allow, for example, debugging or other access to the password dialog that could leak the password. But in a recently published blog, a researcher came out with a rather ingenious way to capture a screenshot of the dialog and then close it and impersonate it by essentially opening the malware's own dialog that looks, because it uses that screenshot, just like the original dialog that the software produces. Then the malware could use these credentials. It will authenticate to the original dialog that was popped that up so the user doesn't recognize that anything bad happened, but it now has the user's credentials and could reuse them. It's a little bit like a GUI man in the middle uh, kind of uh, attack and a script implementing the attack has been posted. At this point, the proof of concept appears to work in a limited number of resolutions at least, but uh, wouldn't be that terribly difficult to come up with something more generic where it would sort of adapt to the actual screen resolution on the screen the user is using. Not sure what can be done in order to fix this problem, maybe prevent taking screenshots while uh, the dialogue is open or uh, something along these lines, but uh, that probably wouldn't be all that easy to implement. 
And over the last few years, we really have sort of moved away from 30-bit architectures. Most CPUs being in use these days are 64-bit architectures. I noticed that in class uh, that pretty much all students now have 64-bit laptops. And you know, for example, some Linux uh, distributions are discontinuing 32-bit architecture support. Now, when you recompile software that was originally written for 32-bit architectures to 64-bit architectures, then there are a number of vulnerabilities that can actually happen just by adapting the software to the new architecture. And uh, researchers at the, at the Technical University Braunschweig, they wrote a paper summarizing some of these issues and also noting how to scan code for possible vulnerabilities. They also uh, looked at a recent Debian release and at a good number of GitHub projects to see what's going on there. And one thing they actually found, particularly with these Debian packet packages, that uh, they're compiled by default without actually enabling warnings that would uh, show what's going on there. Essentially what's happening here is that integers and such that used to be 32-bit are now all for a sudden 64-bit. With that, they can, for example, allocate much more memory. You may run into signed, unsigned issues as you convert one integer into another. These compiler warnings can actually tell you that you have possible problems here. And other sort of mitigation technique that they point out in the paper is if you don't assign too much memory to the particular software, uh, then some of uh, these vulnerabilities are not exploitable. So this would be another uh, quick uh, workaround here. And browsers now have for a while implemented something called HTTP Strict Transport Security Preload Lists, or short HSTS Preload Lists. These are essentially lists of websites that want to be loaded in the browser by default as websites that are only reachable via HTTPS. Up to now, there wasn't really a good reference uh, to figure out which websites are included. Someone now came up with a nice search engine for this, hstspreload.appspot.com. You can search these different lists on that website. What they essentially do is uh, they uh, parse uh, the source code for various browsers and uh, pull out DRLs for related websites that are included with the browser. Pretty neat site. So if you, for example, want to be included in these lists and you want to check if you're already in there or what browsers, for example, uh, you're included, uh, then you can use this website to quickly check for that. Well, that's it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.